and to Jesus be the glory and the honor. And God's people said, Amen and Amen, and thank you for being with me. We had a glorious time in Ghana. The Lord moved so mightily. Oh, it was awesome. And thank you for being my wonderful partners and family. Hey, listen, the Lord has been so precious, so precious. All right, let's go. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to talk to you about the power of God. The power of God that keeps us, really. I'm on, you know, I, I just want you to see the love of God in keeping you. All right, let's go to Ephesians 1, beginning at verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all things, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, hallelujah, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Wow, how powerful. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us? That's what I want to talk to you about the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Oh, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Take the scales off of our eyes right now, Lord, that we might see and understand your power that's keeping us in the faith, close to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Thank you for empowering us to live the Christian life. We can't live it on our own strength. Thank you for your power. We give you all the praise and God's people said amen and amen. So, you know, when the Bible mentions the power of God dealing with creation, when God cre- created the world, it talks about in Romans 1, verse 20, about his eternal power and Godhead. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, <clears throat> it talks about how with a strong hand he brought them out. But the power it takes to save us is so much greater than even creating the world and even taking Israel out of Egypt. That's why Paul says the exceeding greatness of his power. Exceeding greatness of his power. You know, I taught on this once before and talked about it once before, but I've just gotten such an amazing, oh my goodness, it's like the awe, you know, hit me a few days ago. And I'm thinking, you know, think about Adam. You know, he was perfect, yet he, he could not resist sin. I mean, the man, there were no devils around to harass him, no corruption in his flesh. He was perfect, yet he was overwhelmed when sin came at him. Think about what I'm saying. The power of God that's keeping us. Think about the angels, one-third of the angels purer in their nature than we are. They were anyway, before they fell. Yet sin overwhelmed them. So think about the power that's keeping us. 
if Adam could not stand against it in his perfect state, in his perfect state, Adam could not resist sin. If one third of the angels were overcome by it, you wonder, like, what's keeping us? How can we say no to sin? We don't even have the strength or the ability to say no to sin. So Paul is talking about the exceeding greatness of the power of God towards them who believe. And he, he says, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Jesus when he raised him from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is keeping us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and it says, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. The same power that literally caused Jesus to ascend into heaven and sit at God's right hand is the same power keeping us. Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that's named. There's more power keeping you than the power that is in this world and in the spiritual world. It's as far above all principality and power and might and dominion. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power keeping us. You know, when you think about what it took to uh, convict us of sin or to save us. You know, the Bible says that the gospel, it's the power of God unto salvation. You know, I think people sometimes don't even think about that. Like, the gospel is the power of God. There is more power in the gospel than the power that created the world. More power in the gospel than the power that brought a whole nation, Israel, out of Egypt. The power of God through the gospel is is what saved you because it took greater power to change the old creation into a new creation than what happened to Adam because when Adam was created, he still stayed dust, didn't he? he? He remained dust. God took him out of the mud and he said, from dust you are to dust you remain. You will go back to it, you know? So he didn't change. But we are being transformed into the image of Jesus. Think about that. The power it took to create Adam did not change him into the image of God. But our salvation changes this piece of dust into the image of God. That is so profound. So incredible to think about. Thank you, Jesus, for your power. Because, you know, you, you, you think about the power it took to it just convict you. you. We have no ability to be convicted on our own strength. We have no ability to even find God. The, 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 you know, we, we, we had a guy back in church years ago in OCC when I, when I had the church here in Orlando who went to Tibet to find God. He couldn't find him. How can you find God? How can anybody find God? And the poor man didn't find anything. He just came back more confused than, than when, when he left. Only God can find you. 
And when, when the Lord found you and changed you, it took more power than the creation of the world. Because when it comes to the creation of the world, it talks about what, what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. His eternal power, eternal power. But with you and me, exceeding greatness of his power. So when, when God creates the world, it's his eternal power. When, when he saves you, it's exceeding greatness of his power. So think about to turn the hearts of men from evil to good, or from the world and its influence to the Lord, or from sin to Jesus, that's power. Think about the, the power it takes to mortify, to mortify the lust of the flesh, like it says in, in Colossians, that we are to mortify the lust of the flesh through the Holy Spirit. That's a lot of power to mortify put to death the deeds of the flesh or to be or to crucify the flesh daily can we really can you and i really crucify the flesh i don't think so we don't even have the ability or even know how to do it but god gives us the the power to do it or uh, you know to be meek and gentle to be patient to be kind like to be to be Christ-like. Do we have the power to be Christ-like? I don't think so. There's no way. You and I cannot be Christ-like on our own ability and strength. It takes the mighty power of God. And that's why it says our God is mighty to save. Isaiah 63, 1 says, he's mighty to save. So I think sometimes we don't think about, you know, little do we really realize because we don't think about this. It took greater, it takes greater power, greater power to change the new creation, we, the church. Then what happened to Adam? Think about the greatness of God's power to give us a new creation, to make us a new creation. Wow. So, the gospel is the power of God, Romans 1.16. And the gospel is the instrument that God uses to really accomplish this wondrous, amazing work, really, called salvation. So when God took a wretched piece of dust and gives that wretched piece of dust his divine nature, that's power. So I'm talking about this exceeding greatness of his power towards us. That we would receive the divine nature. Adam did not. Adam did not. He said, from dust thou art to, to, to the same dust you, you return. So God took dust and turned it into flesh. But now God takes this flesh and turns it into the divine nature. That's way bigger, way greater than what Adam ever knew. Hallelujah. Second Peter 1.4 talks about the fact we have 
become partakers of his divine nature. Adam never had that. Adam didn't even know what it meant. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through us. To me, to me, it's just remarkable, you know, and, and, I, and I know some, you know, sweet people don't realize it, don't think about it. Well, when I was young, I, I, I did not think about it either. But as, as, as I got older in the, in the Lord, I'm thinking, you know, I could not have, I would not even have lasted. I was thinking about this this morning. I would not have lasted in ministry had God not kept me. I would not have lasted as a believer had God not kept me. And you too. You wonder why people are leaving the faith. You, you wonder why preachers leave the ministry by the hundreds every single month just in this country. Why? Well, maybe they were not called in the first place. But the thing is, you, you wonder what is keeping us. How can we be kept in the, in the faith, in the faith? I saw a guy one day with a T-shirt that says, keep the faith. I said to the man with me, I said, he can't keep it even if he wants to. <laughs> you can't keep the faith. It's the faith that keeps you. It's, it's the Lord that keeps you. We are kept by the power of God, kept by his power. This is something, something to praise God about, to be thankful for every single day of our life, to say, Lord, thank you. I praise you. You're keeping me. Because I can't keep myself. And Colossians 1.12, it says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet, made us to be meet, wow, made us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. The Father, which hath made us meet, qualified us, it's a better way to say it, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Only the part of God can do this. And so you go back to Ephesians 1, 19, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. All right, now, think about the power it will take one day to perform this incredible miracle in your body, in your body when we are going to be delivered from this vile bodies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 20 and 21. For our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mwah. Why don't you throw in the kiss right now? Come on, one, one two, three. Lord, I love you. Ah, hallelujah. Who will change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he's able even to subdue all things. That's, that's the power Paul was talking about earlier. Here we see it again in Philippians. You know, I, I just told you, I just came back from Ghana. Thousands upon thousands of people were there. Thousands were turned away, mostly the entire audience, I'd say 80% were young people. The, 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 the supernatural energy, the hunger in them, the excitement in them, wow. It pulled me. It really, they stole my heart, those young people in Ghana. They, they stole my heart. I, I, I fell in love with the people of Ghana, and I've been there before. I've, I've, I've had 
a big crusade in Ghana. I've been to Ghana, what, two, three times. But this time was like, woof, you know, like my heart was taken by these young people. They are so on a, on a like a heavenly place. They're in some heavenly place. I've never seen that before. Only the power of God can do what I just saw in, in the lives of young men and women. And the rest, to be so joyful in the Lord, to be excited, to be hungry. That hunger could not be, cannot be natural. God puts that, puts that hunger in us. He keeps us. And one day he's going to transform this vile body, this body of flesh that gets weak and sick, like his own body, fashioned like his glorious body. That's a lot of power. Now, God didn't do that for Adam, did he? I told you, he went from dust to dust. He didn't change, except the, the, the mud became flesh, bone, and blood. In our case, our vile body, will become like his glorious body. That's power. So, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about this. Let's, let's talk about something else. The power it took to produce repentance. Just when we were convicted of sin, when we repented, I mean, you know, nothing can draw man to repentance but really the power of God. Why? Because... The act of repentance is hatred for sin. It's sorrow over sin. It's a determination to forsake sin. But sin became such a part of the human nature when Adam fell that uh, man began to delight in it. I mean, think about humanity. How they love their sin. They, They... They would give everything for their sin. They would spend their health, they would spend, they spend their health and their wealth on sin today because the world loves it. So what was it? What what was it that took us away from that? Only the part of God. Only the part of God. Because sin is more precious to a sinner. Think, please, please. Sin is more precious to sinners. It's dearer to a sinner than liberty. Sin is more precious to a sinner than than, uh, money or anything in life because they give themselves to it. People don't want it. People, the people who who, who are not walking with with the Lord, they, they don't want to be free from sin because they love it. They love their sin. They are slaves to sin. Sin is dearer to a sinner than, health, than his health or her health, than their strength or their riches, because they spend all that on sin. They spend their health on sin. They spend their strength on sin. They spend their money on sin. So sin to a sinner is dearer than their own health or their own strength or their own money. Why? Because they, it, it has captured their soul. I, I think sin is dearer to a sinner than, than their own life or soul. So think about, because many have lost their souls over it, right? Many have gone to hell for sinning and I wanted to give it up. 
Job 15:16 says that man drinks iniquity like water. That's a fact. The sinner drinks sin like they drink water because they have no desire to be free. So what brought us out of it? Because we were sinners too. We, we were slaves to sin. All of us were slaves to sin. But God, by his mighty power, because of his love for us, pulled us out of it and gave us the power to say no to it. No sinner has had that power. No sinner has the power to say no when, when, when they're tempted. So really, hatred to sin is the work of the Holy Spirit. There's no, there's no other way to describe it. Because we are given the power to say no. And, and, and the world doesn't have that power to say no. Because the Bible says they're taken, well, let me just read it to you. In 2 Timothy 2, 25, it says, instructing, and 26, in, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that he may, that they may recover, I should say themselves, out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So the devil has them by the throat. He, he has bound the sinner. No sinner can say no to the devil. No sinner can resist the devil. No sinner can say no to sin. Only the saints can resist the devil. That takes the part of God. Think about it. You and I can resist the devil. That's the part of God, saints. That's the part of God that gives us that ability to say, no, devil, you know, go, get out. No, no unbeliever has that power. It says they're taken captive by the devil at his will. But we, you and I, kept by the power of God. And really, what what are we kept? You know, in 1 Peter, just quickly here. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 5, it says this. It says we are kept. Look look at verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So he's begotten us, in verse 3, again, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of the Lord Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in, in heaven for us, who are kept by the power of God. Thank you, Lord. Through faith, we are kept by the power of God. So kept from what? Kept from the power of sin that dwells really within us. Think, think about this. We are kept by the power of sin that still is in our flesh so that we're not even drawn back into the world because God keeps us from being drawn back. Kept from that, from that horrible power of the devil that, that, that's overcoming people everywhere. Ah, look. We are in ourselves weak. We're weak as water, frankly. But it's the Lord's doing that's keeping us. And to us, it's marvelous in our eyes, like David said. So I said that earlier, I'll say it again. There was more in Adam, because he was perfect, to resist sin before he fell in it. Yet it overwhelmed him when it, it came. Same in the angels that fell who are purer in nature, stronger than we are, yet sin overwhelmed them. 
and they were thrown out of heaven because of that. So what 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 is that mighty power that Paul talks about exceeding greatness of his power? It's the power of God. That's why we are called more than conquerors through him that loved us. So to preserve us, to preserve us with so many corruptions within our flesh and so many temptations outside our flesh is more wonderful than if the light of a candle is kept shining in the midst of a hurricane. <laughs> Think about if you were holding a candle and it kept lit, it, it stayed on, the, the candle stayed lit in a hurricane. It's more power and more glorious. Think about this to keep us. So think about with the, with the corruptions around us and in us and the temptations in and out of us, to be kept by the power of God is more wondrous than if a light of a candle is kept in a, in a hurricane or more marvelous than keeping the fire of a candle burning under the ocean because we're, we're, we're surrounded by, by the corruption. Yet God is keeping our light shining with the corruption in us, in the flesh, and the temptations outside. He's keeping that light shining when the world surrounds us, trying to pull us away into darkness. It's the power of God that's keeping us. Wow, wow, wow. So, if God before us who can be against us, the exceeding greatness of his I just wanted to remind you today, this wonderful Monday of a great week, after having seen the part of God in Ghana, I'm on my way to Kenya, the end of February, the 24th, 25th of February. I'll go back to Africa in March, the end of March. I've been, yeah, I've been traveling quite more than I really thought I would, but anyways. And it's going to be a national event, national event in Kenya. And I was so amazed what, uh, when what I saw, what what I saw, in in Ghana. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is keeping us alive. And creating such hunger in all of us. Lord, I thank you, for the hunger in us, the sign of our life. Lord, we hunger for you. We hunger for your word. Thank you for the faith you put in our hearts by your power. Thank you for the love you've given us. For you, Lord, having not seen you, yet we love you. That is your power. Keep us as the apple of the eye. Hide us under the shadow of your wings from the wicked that would oppress us from our bed day. Now, Lord, meet the needs of your people, I pray, by your power. Heal their bodies by your power. Preserve them by your power and give them the peace and joy they need today by your power. Keep them safe by your power and prosperous now and in the, in the days to come by your power. We give you praise. And God's people said amen and amen. We're doing something really exciting. Uh, we are translating all my daily teaching now in different languages. I just saw one of my, uh, uh, two of my staff came a few days ago and showed me one of my clips where I spoke French fluently with my lips moving with 
the words. They did it all with this AI stuff now. So now we're doing it in Arabic, well, first Spanish. So all of you who speak Spanish, we're, we're about to introduce to you daily teachings that I'm doing now in Spanish. Even my lips move in Spanish. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Like, I don't, I don't understand the technology, but it's really incredible how they're doing it. Wow. And I, I'm just overwhelmed. So it's going to be in Spanish, Portuguese, French, Arabic, let's see, Chinese and other languages throughout the world. This is an exciting day, and to Jesus be the praise. I'm going to ask you right now to sow seed, to give to the Lord's work. These are exciting days for us as God's people. Great, great days, great days, greater than you'll ever realize are the days ahead for you. I know the world is, you know, getting messier out there. But the church's future is brighter than bright, brighter than bright, so glorious. So let's give, let's, let's give towards our glorious future as God's people, as God's, and to our children's future. As you give, God will bless you and prosper you, protect you, and abundantly supply the needs in your life financially. So go ahead and give on the platform you're watching me on. Go to our website, benin.org, which is being upgraded all the time. I'm sure you've probably seen the changes. Or you can text BHM45777. And remember, we are kept by the power of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, wonderful, wonderful, marvelous teaching again. I'll see you again. Much love to all of you. And thank you for being my wonderful family.